all sorts of tea about what's going on inside Washington, D.C., what regulators and lawmakers are thinking about and working on, and what you and your credit union should be focused on in terms of risk areas and areas of opportunity. I'm your host, Ann Petros, also Vice President of Regulatory Affairs at NAFQ, and today I am joined by Tony Hutchinson, Senior Vice President of Industry and Government Relations at Vantage Score. And Tony has spent much of his career at the G. Mm-hmm. Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac, and is an expert on housing finance policy. Thank you, Tony, for joining me. Oh, thank you for having me. Great yeah, to be here. Yeah, absolutely. So today we'll be discussing a really important topic and very timely issue, yes. the FHFA's recent steps to transition away from the classic FICO score and incorporate two newer credit scores into the housing finance market. Very so exciting stuff. Definitely very exciting. <laughs> yeah, things are changing. Um, so the FHFA has been working on this initiative for quite some time now. Can you walk me through the history, including the legislation that sort of kick-started this whole initiative, and then the FHFA's rulemaking and the whole model validation process. It's It's been a process. It's been a while. <laughs> uh, so back in 2016, there was a, a rule proposed, uh, and it came as a, a portion of a larger legislation, but it focused on a modernizing, for the most part, and bringing competition to, really, uh, the mortgage market in terms of uh, credit scoring. Mm -hmm. Uh, The legislators thought that the existing score had a bit of a monopoly, and they wanted to add more competition in the marketplace. And like I said, that was 2016. It was signed into law in 2017 by former President Donald Trump. Uh, And from that point, FHFA has been working to implement the new rule. So what the law indicated was that FHFA needed to explore whether or not other credit scores could be used in the mortgage market. Mm -hmm. And if they found that they could, then they had to then bring them into the the space. Well, that process of evaluation took about five years for the most part. Uh, They gathered information. Uh, There was, there were, uh, request for information from numerous credit scoring companies mm-hmm. uh, who submitted information, data, uh, their methodologies to FHFA for review. And FHFA uh, decided in October of last year that there were two scores that they thought, I don't want to say they thought, that they authorized mm-hmm. for use in the mortgage space. And those two scores were Vantage Score 4.0 and FICO 10T. Uh, part of the reason that they decided to do that was they wanted to, one, uh, try to include more people in the mortgage market. Uh, there has been there have been issues for years about folks being excluded from the marketplace. So these two scores, and I'll talk about this a little bit later, are are more inclusive. In mm-hmm. particular, I'll talk about Vantage Score and how while we are more inclusive. Uh, the other thing is. Coming out of the financial crisis in 2008 through 2010, they wanted to find mechanisms to help the GSEs operate more safe and sound. And the new scores, because they're more predictive, and I'll talk about that in a little bit later, uh, 
will help the GSEs fulfill that mandate. So October of last year, they indicate that they've found two scores that they're going to authorize. Uh, they, they initiated that. And then just this past March, they've put in place a timeline for the impl implementation to take place. And that's what we're working for, working towards now. What you'll find is a lot of folks, one, either have not heard mm -hmm. <laughs> about this change, which is why I'm glad we're here talking today. Yeah. Uh, and two, uh, if they have heard the change, they don't fully get what's behind it. Uh, mm -hmm. and why it was done and when things are expected to take place. Right. But it is coming up and we definitely need to yes. start thinking about what this is going to mean. For I mean, it's absolutely <laughs> coming up. You know, the thing that's kind of funny about that is the timeline that was just put out on uh, in, in March of this past year indicates that people will start, will have to pull both a Vantage Score 4.0 and a FICO 10T in the third quarter of 2024. Mm-hmm. That is literally about 14 months away. Yeah. So people need to start thinking about what contracts do I need to get in place so I can pull these scores. Mm -hmm. They also need to think about, uh, do I have the technology in place? Do my th providers, my third-party LOS providers, if I'm not getting the scores directly from credit reporting companies, are they going to be able to provide it for me? So they need to begin to have those types of discussions internally right. and with their external partners to want to figure out, can I get the scores in? Uh, and if I can get the scores in, then how do I contract to do that so that on day one, I'll be ready to operate? Yeah, yeah absolutely. A lot, of, a lot of questions that need answering a lot of and questions. things to think a lot of through. Um, so one of the changes was moving from the uh, tri-merge credit report to the bi-merge credit report requirement. And we've heard from some credit unions, you know, that they are, I guess, excited about this, you yes. know, much prefer the, the bi-merge option. But from your perspective, um, you know, why are... Why is this change going to be beneficial to lenders and consumers? Okay. So, you know, so FHFA has indicated that part of uh, the reason for introducing competition on the credit score side was because they wanted to help lower pricing for consumers. That's the same motivation for them going from a tri-merge to a bi-merge. Mm -hmm. They're hoping to uh, create some competition between the credit reporting companies so that you can have some price advantages for the consumer. Uh, there have been a lot of questions uh, about this. Some folks have had a little bit of trepidation from moving from the tri-merge to the bi-merge because there's still rules that need to be promulgated by the GSEs about how the decisioning will occur with just two credit reports being, being pulled uh, that will now encompass four scores. But I think a lot of people, because the scores are more stable, in particular, Vantage score is more stable across the bureaus, which means that there's not a lot of variance, then going from three to two makes a lot of sense. So now uh, there is an opportunity to, to try to place that uh, advantage, that cost advantage to the consumer. So I think there's a lot of excitement out there about going from three to two. There is some trepidation because some of the folks who've used three in the past just need to know what are the rules of the road. And I think as soon as the GSEs, let me remove that, I think. <laughs> I know that the moment the GSEs, Freddie Mac and Fannie Mae, put the rules in place to tell people how the decisioning will work and they provide some background on what their rationale is, 
I think the market will be fine. And just so you know, I've recently heard from the FHFA that it's not a mandate that you now use the mock buy merge. Right. But that you, you can use the try merge mm-hmm. that you have the option. So you can still use the three if you're comfortable with that. Mm-hmm. But if you are looking to maybe have some competition and to reduce some costs for your consumers, you can go to the buy merge. And I think, you know, what you were indicating is your 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 members, they're looking for ways to uh, incre- uh, increase savings for their members. Mm-hmm. And this is defi- this mm-hmm. would definitely be one of those ways. Yeah, definitely. And I think, you know, some of the other comments that we've heard from members is just consumer confusion. Like, why do I need, you know, the three credit scores and um, how it's calculated, like the average versus, you know, the middle score. Yes. So, um, yeah, I think I think there are potentially some some benefits there as well. And and I believe that FHFA thinks so as well. And again, let me remove, I believe. Uh, I know that's what they've stated. Uh, their whole purpose for this outside of just bringing competition uh, for the sake of bringing competition, because that's, you know, that's not really any motivation. They brought the competition because they want to foster savings for the consumer. At the end of the day, there are two things that FHFA is really trying to promote here. Savings for the consumer. Mm-hmm. And safety and soundness in operations for the GSEs because nobody wants to go back to the issues that we had from 08 to 2010. Right, right. Certainly want to avoid that. (laughs) We definitely want to avoid that. (laughs) Well, okay. So now that Vantage Score has an approved model that can be used for mortgages sold to the GSEs, what do you think will be the biggest benefit to lenders and consumers? So Vantage School 4.0 brings a number of advantages mm-hmm. to the marketplace. The biggest one being we score 30 million more Americans than the traditional score. Wow. 30 million more consumers. Uh, that is folks that have thin files, mm-hmm. folks who are new to credit, and folks who have had credit but have decided to pull it back personal reasons. Uh, as, you, as we get older, we tend to use less credit, but they begin to then disappear from the credit rolls and what you find and, and this this has happened to my my mother uh, she has stopped utilizing credit then all of a sudden she gets a notification from one of her cards saying we're going to take back your card or we're going to reduce your uh, uh, your limit because you aren't using it because of the inactivity there but that doesn't mean that those consumers don't need that worthy. yeah that doesn't yeah. mean they're not credit worthy nor does it mean that they won't need credit in the, in the future yeah so we are able to, with a number of techniques that we use, uh, to score those folks, and that allows us to score more people. So uh, what we're going to find is with the new score, specifically Vantage score, you're going to open up the world to a larger number of folks, specifically folks at this point who have been excluded from the marketplace. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that plays right to our mission of financial inclusivity. So mm-hmm. aside from those people who've fallen off the ro- rolls, a lot of folks that we're also scoring are what many have considered underserved. Uh, so we've got a lot of minority consumers that people have right. been trying to reach out to, a lot of uh, new immigrants to the, com- to the country are also part of that. Uh, and part of the reason we're able to do that is because our score takes into account more information. Uh, I know there's a big conversation out there about uh, adding additional information to evaluate people. Well, we've been doing that since our inception. So if there is rental payment in your credit mm-hmm. reporting, we can we, we can calculate a score based on that. Uh, we If your telecom information and your utility bills are there, we're able to bring that into the score. 
what you find is a lot of the folks who have been excluded to this point, they may not have the auto loan. They don't have the home loan. They aren't getting the major credit cards out there. So there's really no way to evaluate them. But they do have an apartment and they are paying their rent. Mm -hmm. You know, they do have a cell phone and they're paying that. Mm -hmm. uh, and they've got utilities and those are being paid. So why not include those payments, which are extremely predictive uh, in determining whether someone is credit worthy and include those. So we've been including those in the score and that allows us along with uh, this one other piece that is extremely important and I did and I stepped over it and I shouldn't have. We now take a, we, we use trended data to evaluate an individual. And that also gives us an opportunity to figure out, you know, how are consumers using their credit over time? So the way you're evaluated now is we take a look at you point in time. Okay. So point in time tells me that Anne uh, pays her debt on time. And you know, according to everyone that you have uh, credit out with today, you're on time. Mm -hmm. Trended data, we're able to take a look at a 24 month past period. Okay. That was going to be my question. Yes, what is the time months, period? months. two years okay. of past activity. And now we're not, we're able to see not just how you're doing in terms of paying your credit, but have some things happened in the past? How have you recovered? Are things, were you doing great in the past, but now things have changed? And we're able to take all of that into consideration uh, so that we can come up with a, a score for you. Mm -hmm. uh, again, it allows us to be a really more predictive about whether or not you're going to be able to, to repay your debts and what have you shown in the past to be able to do. And we're hoping that, and we're doing that so that we can, over the next 24 months, be able to predict your uh, your your payment activity. Uh, so that's what we've got. That's what we're, we've got going on. And, and you know, a lot of people have adopted it. A lot of folks outside of mortgages have adopted it. We are uh, we just released our market adoption report that showed that we have grown by thirty percent Vantage Score for uh, alone thirty percent over the last year in terms of usage. Uh, we're used by nine out of the top ten banks and about 3,000 other financial institutions, including financial technology companies, mm -hmm. utilize our score. Uh, last year, we did 19 billion credit score transactions out wow. of the marketplace. So we are growing oh, like game buses. We're yeah. out there. The only market that we're not in mm -hmm. is mortgages. Mm -hmm. uh, so we have been bringing financial inclusivity uh, to the auto industry, personal loan, the credit card space. Uh, utilizing us for student loans. The thing that we need to get into is mortgages so that a lot of these places that, and folks who say that they haven't been able to get into or have an opportunity to purchase a home because they didn't have the credit. Now, now you do. Uh, and beginning the third quarter of 2024, you'll be able to go, they'll be able to go to their credit union uh, and now say, Hey, can you evaluate me to determine if I can get a mortgage now, and if I can't, then can you place me on the road to having that opportunity? Mm -hmm. I think that's really the big, the big power of the new score in this marketplace. These folks who have, to this point, been excluded, and a lot of them have been excluded maybe because uh, they didn't feel that they had a score that was, that was worthy enough and they never decided to check because they know their personal situation, or they just have tried in the past and were told they had no score. Yeah. Now you have the opportunity to come back and determine where am I on this path? Mm -hmm. uh, you know, 
do I have a good score? If I do, great, let me move down the path. If I don't have a great score, okay, let me figure it out. Now I know what my score is. Now I can actively go out and work to improve it so that I can go down the road of home ownership if I so choose. Yeah. Well, it sounds like, you know, Vantage Score's mission, or at least part of it, is to foster this inclusivity and more equitable access to um, credit. And, you know, I mean, especially something like rental payments, which, you know, can be just as much or more than a mortgage payment. I mean, it seems Absolutely. like really should be That's included. Right. Should be. <laughs> you know, many people already think that uh, their rental payments are utilized to determine if they are worthy of getting a mortgage, but they're not. Uh, because that information, a lot of it is not in the credit reporting, uh, uh, the credit report that is generated by the credit reporting companies. What we've found over the last few years is that more and more rental companies are beginning to report. And I know that the GSEs are also trying to foster that because like you said, if you can afford a, a rental payment in a lot of these markets, then you can definitely afford a mortgage. So the fact that you may only have one or two trade lines, one of them being rent, but you didn't have the records at three that the traditional score required, right. that shouldn't preclude you. Mm -hmm from being able to get a mortgage or get into a house if you are making your payments on time. Mm -hmm. So the new scores, specifically Vantage Score 4.0, is going to allow all those creditworthy borrowers out there uh, to now have that opportunity. Mm -hmm. uh, and I will say this, just because we score more people doesn't mean all those people are creditworthy. Sure, so, sure. So, right, it just right. means that those folks have a score, yeah. which is great. But, it, but again, that is a good thing mm -hmm. because now they, even if their score isn't good, they, they can start working point. on they it. Can start, they can right. get on the road to improving their their credit and and monitoring it, being aware of where they stand and, exactly and working right. toward, uh, you know, getting to a, a better place and, and a stronger financial footing. But I mean, imagine especially for you know younger Americans who haven't you know don't have. A, a long credit history that this can be particularly challenging. Maybe yes. they've been saddled with student loan debt, right? And haven't been able to, to make big purchases like getting a mortgage or um, even buying a car, you know, so it, it can be challenging it to, to get to that point. That's where, right. But if they're paying their student loan back mm -hmm. and they're paying their rent on time, and usually that includes having to pay utilities and I'm sure they've got you know, a cell phone. Right. right. So those things should be utilized uh, in order to determine whether or not they're good, uh, good for the debt that they've taken out. Uh, so, uh, yeah, we're looking to, we want to make sure all of that information is included. Uh, we're looking for more information too. Uh, that's the thing. It, the more information that we can get on consumers, the better. Now, of course, we want to do that in a fair and equitable way. And we want to mm -hmm. do it in a way that protects people's privacy. But right. the more data that we can introduce into our algorithm, uh, the better it is for the consumer and the better it will be for the businesses, in particular uh, organiz you know, financial institutions, uh, because then we'll be able to be even more predictive than what we are right, now. Right. And at the end of the day, like you said, no one wants to have a repeat of the financial crisis. Uh, and one of the things that we learned coming out of that is the more information we have, the better we understand the debt that's out there. More uh, data is the, better. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> the better performance can be predicted, and then we can make some decisions about how to mm -hmm. either price things mm -hmm. uh, or whether or not to invest in them or not. 
Mm-hmm. Now, one of the things that you mentioned earlier was the the requirement to deliver both credit That's scores. Correct. So we've heard from some, you know, credit unions concerns that there's going to be an increased cost in delivering these two credit scores to the GSEs. Can you describe some of the the pros and cons of this approach and why you think the FHFA took this route versus other options like let's say lender choice, which I think is what we supported. <laughs> so, I th- you know, one of the things I'll, I'll say is that everyone, including Vantage Score, was surprised that the, both scores were mandated for use uh, in, in the new environment. FHFA has indicated that they want to use both to ensure that they're capturing as broad a population as they can uh, and to Again, we were just talking about having as much data as possible to ensure that they have as much data as possible to be able to uh, predict performance. Mm -hmm. Uh, Admittedly, there are going to be differences between the models. So one of the assumptions that I'm making, uh, and they've alluded to this over at FHFA, is they wanted to ensure that whatever the gaps were, were captured. Meaning mm-hmm. that if there was a, if, if we had more information than, than the new FICO product, then it was captured. It wasn't omitted somehow or, and vice versa. Uh, so that's why they wanted the two to be used together. They've received a number of questions about cost. And to this point, they've not really offered an answer because I don't believe that they know uh, what the cost changes will be. And honestly, I can't tell you because our company, and I, you know, to disclose, we're owned by the three credit reporting companies. Uh, so they set our cost and we have no vision into that. There's a bit of a firewall. So we don't know if they're charging the same thing across the credit reporting companies or if they're different. Uh, and we don't know how that relates to what is being charged by FICO. Right. Uh, so there's no way to, for us to get at that cost. But FHFA has indicated that the whole rationale behind all of this was cost savings. So couple, yes, you are going to have new scores. But if there is a price difference in the scores, the market's going to indicate that either the scores need to be, the, the cost for them needs to be relatively close, which could cause a reduction. And by going from the tri-merge to the bi-merge, which the credit, credit right, unions some savings there. Uh, you know, have indicated is of value to them, then there will be savings there. The key is I we don't know how much. No, I don't no one has done a study on that. No one has offered information on that yet just yet. I think we'll begin to see that when you start pulling the two scores at the in the third quarter of 2024. I, and I know that's Great, a far yeah. away and it's kind of hard. <laughs> it's, it's hard. But the other thing that I will say is people are talking about it now. And I would encourage all of your members to share their concerns about that through you and individually with FHFA and the GSEs Mm -hmm. uh, and potentially the credit reporting companies and Mm -hmm. see if they can provide some information. Now, that would be one of the easiest things to do if your members already have a relationship with Equifax, Experian, TransUnion uh, directly, then they can go to them and say, hey, I'd like to pull Vantage Score 4.0 right now for a sample set of loans I have. And may I pull 
the other FICO score, and then you to be able to see right, the, the cost, cost, right? Or they'll tell you what the cost is. And then you can evaluate from there. And if the cost differential is such that uh, you find that it's not going to be the savings to your members that you want, then I would share that one with the credit reporting companies. But I would also share that with FHFA and the GSEs because you've got time now before that implementation is, is mandated to begin right. to kind of work that out. Uh, so that's why, you know, one of the mantras I have is everyone needs to start now, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. Even if you're going to pull just a little bit of data uh, to see how that fits into your systems, if you are if you want to see what it looks like uh, versus the, the traditional score, your classic FICO, they're going to have you do that anyway, third quarter of 2024, but it'd be really good right now to figure out what that cost looks like. So you can begin to budget for that and plan for that and make some decisions mm-hmm. uh, around how you want to address that with the regulator and the GSEs. Yeah, that's a really good recommendation. I know that some of our credit unions do already use Vantage for auto loans or yes. other products. And so they might be able to you know, figure out what, at least ballpark figure, what yes. it might cost. Um, but for those who don't, you know, maybe start thinking about what you know, loan products you might want to to pull Vantage Score in to, to get would, closer to exactly estimating. Uh, and I costs. would say, in, in Vantage Score 4.0, I know a lot of credit unions use 3.0, mm-hmm. and I would recommend that they migrate to 4.0 for all their products mm-hmm. uh, because it's uh, a newer model, so it'll be more predictive. Uh, but since 4.0 is what is mandated in the mortgage space, the sooner you become familiar with it. Uh, the better for you. And, you know, again, if you want to do that price discovery, what better way to do that than to pull it on an existing set of loans that you have and uh, just begin to compare. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, exactly. Um, one follow-up question on the the two score requirement. You know, I mean, it does, as you were talking, it does kind of make sense to me that, you know, maybe there's a little bit of catch up that needs to happen for Vantage score. And so pro- requiring that both be delivered actually is kind of beneficial to to ensure that there is as much data um, and information about both scores and how they operate in the market yes. as possible. Do you think that at some point down the line, maybe we'll see a transition to something like lender choice? You know, it's, it's hard to speculate. Uh, it just depends on uh, what the regulators and the GSEs are, are become comfortable with right. as the perf- and let's not sit, let's not forget investors become comfortable. That with, is the other piece of the right. puzzle. Mm-hmm. You know, as, as things progress, uh, we were the first to use trended data, so we've been using trended data a lot longer than uh, FICO has. So a lot of the catch up is going to be on their side mm-hmm. in terms of putting this trended information out there uh, and information to support it. Uh, though that you know, I'm sure that they're doing gangbusters, getting out there and getting and talking to to folks in the marketplace. Uh, we're trying to do the same thing. I think where we need to catch up uh, is letting people know who we are. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of folks have, to this point, like you said, used us in credit cards, personal loans, auto loans. So we're very familiar uh, for folks who have utilized us in those space. But a lot of people who operate in the mortgage space tend to only operate in the mortgage space or their divisions of organizations that only focus on the mortgage space. And those folks to this point have had no real reason sure. to get to know us. So the catch up for us is getting out there and introducing ourselves, 
uh, sharing with people the work that have gone that's gone into the development of our models, so that they recognize the value that's there. Uh, they understand our push for financial inclusivity. Uh, we've got a goal that we want to score everyone, everyone who is uh, using some sort of payments uh, out there. We want to be able to offer them a score so that they can take advantage of the prosperity that the, the financial system of the United States provides. And the, you know, the, the more information we have and the larger our ability to score people, the more opportunity it is for those folks to participate. Mm -hmm. uh, so, yeah, I think the catch up for us is getting people familiar. Uh, and you're going to see us at a lot of different places. Uh, we've begun outreach throughout Washington, obviously, and all of the trade associations. But we've gone, we are going out to all of the financial organizations that are out there, all, all the financial companies that are out there. And just, again, you know, do you have a mortgage shop that isn't using us? Let us talk to you. Right. Uh, are you a mortgage company? Do you know this mandate is coming to fruition and that you're going to have to start pulling Vantage Score 4.0 in the third quarter of 2024? If you don't know us, get to know us. Let us come into your shop and tell you our story but more importantly, let us talk to your loan officers. Let us talk to your sales team. Let us talk to your risk modelers about the model so that they have extreme familiarity with it. And when their customers come to them, they're able to easily talk about the benefits of Vantage Core. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So we've talked a lot about the importance of data mm -hmm. and um, more You know, mortgage lenders are a bit concerned, I'd say, that there's a lack of historical data available to compare the new scores, right? Vantage Score 4.0 and your FICO 10T um, relative to classic FICO, right? Which has been used for a long time in the mortgage space. So can you offer some reassurance here, especially, you know, that on the timeline that the FHFA has to release that data, um, you know, what do you think is the best way to to resolve this concern? So the first thing FHFA and the GSEs need to release the data set that they used to make the determination to authorize mm -hmm. the new scores, and that has historical information. A lot of folks have been clamoring for that. I know that the timeline indicates that that will be released in the first quarter of 2025. I would hope that they would be able to release that sooner. That seems a little late, right? After you already are requiring the two scores exactly. to be delivered. A lot of people are, are saying the exact same thing. <laughs> you know, and could you give it to us beforehand? And the key is, I think with the pulling of the data along with the traditional score in the third quarter of 2024, everyone will now have an opportunity to see what that performance looks like in real time. And they'll have they'll be able to do any correlations between uh, the old the old score and the new scores, and, and even between the two new scores to mm -hmm. see how things kind of play out. Mm -hmm. uh, so that'll be real time information they have. But you're right, specifically for risk modelers, specifically for investors, folks that are holding loans in their portfolios. It would be great for them to see this historic data, uh, and we're hopeful that. FHFA and the GSEs will be able to push that out a little sooner than the first quarter of 2025 because people are going to need a little bit of time to digest that. Uh, and again, the mandate to go fully to these two scores, dropping tradition, the traditional score, classic FICO, 
is the fourth quarter of 2025. So giving people the data at the beginning of the year and then expecting them to be able to utilize it fully and have these scores going at the end of the year, uh, that might be a bit of a, of a time crunch. So the sooner you can give people data, the better. But the other thing I'll, I'll tell folks is if you have a historical data set now that you want to uh, begin to evaluate the new scores on, you can go to your third-party uh, uh, credit score provider or the credit reporting companies and get data as far back as they are able to provide trended information and begin your analysis now. Uh, that would be one way to kind of circumvent uh, waiting for this, these data sets to be, or this historical data set uh, to be released by FHFA and the GSEs. Mm -hmm. There's nothing that precludes you from doing that work now. Uh, it may cost, but I'm sure that uh, the credit reporting companies uh, will figure out a way to to help you with that analysis and get that data so that it's not <laughs> going to be too costly. Yeah. But yeah, you know, so I, I think that you know there are steps people can take right now. Uh, it's up to them to do that. But yes, mm -hmm. definitely, the sooner the data can be released by FHFA and the GSEs, the better. Mm -hmm. Are there any other um, issues or considerations you think the FHFA should think about or perhaps reevaluate with their implementation timeline? You know, I think it's pretty straightforward. The A lot of folks believe that this is going to be a hard uh, implementation. I don't believe that. Vantage Score doesn't believe that. Uh, the key, the key to making sure this implementation is smooth is putting the rules out about how the decisions will be made utilizing the two scores uh, along with you know how the GSEs are going to price because it's all about the pricing decisions mm -hmm. and the decision tree that's put in place about whether or not a loan will be purchased by the GSE or not. Of course. Once yeah. those are put in place, you know, the credit reporting companies can already deliver both scores. Mm -hmm. The third party deliverers already have access to that. They may need to sign contracts that allow them to begin to deliver them, but that shouldn't take too long. Uh, most people right now, this is why I'm asking credit unions and other lenders to begin this. If your systems can't handle more than one score per report, for a consumer, you may want to begin to work on that as well as how you would store it. Uh, I think that's but, definitely a challenge yeah, for some lenders, some, smaller lenders. Some smaller lenders, absolutely. Mm -hmm. But you've got 14 months to get that done. I would begin to work on that now as opposed to waiting until they want you to begin to pull those. Uh, but other than that, you know, once the rules are put in place, it's relatively, it should be relatively simple uh, to, to press the day one button. Yeah. There will be some technology pieces that need to be worked out, but those don't seem to be uh, you know, too daunting. Uh, I think the biggest part of the technology piece is we just need to figure out where all those touch points are. So mm -hmm, you as mm -hmm. an institution will need to know where are all your credit score touch points. And can all those credit score touch points handle two scores over multiple reports? And then can you deliver on those? But you got 14 months to get that done for the most part. Once you get that done, it's just a matter of executing the rules that are out there. Uh, and that shouldn't take too long. Yeah. 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 Um, what about other government-backed housing agencies? You've got you know, your FHA, VA, and um, Ginnie Mae issuers, mm -hmm. right? I mean, 
should those agencies implement similar changes in their credit score requirements to align with with the GSEs? So FHFA and those entities are in conversations right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, I will say that on the government side, there is no mandate for any one type of credit score to be utilized. So you actually have choice mm-hmm. over there. Uh, if you want to use Vantage Score, you can, and you can deliver that to VA, FHA, uh, and Jenny should be able to securitize that. Now, they've not done that in the past, uh, but they have the ability to do it uh, because in their rules, there is no, there's only the, the need for a generic credit score. It does not indicate one or the other. Uh, whether or not they're going to follow suit uh, depends, again, on how the marketplace tells them to operate. Right now, folks are saying we don't want a bifurcated market. So I would argue that Jenny uh, and the folks that sell into them, FHA, FHA VA, uh, even uh, your rural loans are going to follow suit. The other reason that I believe that that's going to be a no-brainer for them is a lot of the underwriting that, they're pro- that the people who sell into those programs use mm-hmm. are from the GSEs. And they'll already be utilizing uh, desktop underwriter and loan. Exactly. The systems are going to be structured in that way. So then to do something else. Just that, that adds another, a a complication that nobody wants. Right. So, and and like I said, once the investors on the backside say, you know what, this is great. Now we've got these, you know, we've got Vantage score 4.0. We've got this trended score from, from FICO. Uh, They're, you know, covering a more inclusive population. We now see more safety and soundness. Once they say, we, we, we understand it and we're going to buy it. Then, then all no holds barred. It just, mm-hmm. it'll, it'll happen. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, it sounds like a little, couple things to be worked out and evaluated Always. by uh, market players before, before we can get to some, yes, some clarity there. But I would say, uh, you know, start that evaluation now. Mm-hmm. More importantly, share that, information uh, if you run into issues with the regulator and the GSEs. But as yeah. importantly, be curious. Be curious about Vantage Score 4.0. We're here to be your partner. Uh, and I would say to you, I've already offered this to uh, NAFQ. Uh, anytime you want us to come and speak anywhere, even on another podcast about uh, our product, if we can even bring our risk modeler in to talk about uh the algorithm itself in more detail. That'd be very wonky for some folks, but yeah, that, that might be a little over my <laughs> head too, very, but, but definitely but, interesting. But, but, but we'll make that available. We're extremely transparent. Uh, I would encourage people to your members to go to our website, take a look at it, uh, you know, play, play around, see what information we have out there. Uh, learn as much as you can about Vantage Score and Vantage Score 4.0. Uh, if there are questions that you have that you can't answer on site, feel free to email me, uh, I mean, I'll leave my my email address right now. It's really simple. Tony at VantageScore.com. How simple can that That's be? Don't even have to put my last yeah. name into it. You know, Tony at VantageScore.com. Uh, and you can send me a note and we'll get you the answer. Uh, but again, we're going to be working with NAFQ to mm-hmm. uh, do education, uh, potentially seminars for the membership uh, as we go, so that you guys can be as prepared as possible for day one. Absolutely. 
That's important. All right. Well, thank you so much, Tony. And thank you to our listeners and viewers for tuning into this really great discussion with Tony Hutchinson from Vantage Score. Uh, If you enjoy listening or watching The Cup, please hit that subscribe button, that like button, turn on your notifications to get alerts about new episodes. And please leave us a review. Let us know what you'd like to hear about on a future episode. That does it for today. Thanks so much for tuning in. Until next time.